Warning. The following podcast may cause you to change your understanding of what it really means to be a human being. Side effects may range from a minor loss to complete annihilation of ego, a feeling of merging with something bigger than previously conceived, and a deep, abiding peace. Please, continue at mortal risk to yourself as a separate entity. Welcome. Enjoy. Greetings, 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 all one time live listeners, whether it's morning, noon, evening, or the middle of the night, I appreciate you being here, love you very much. This is a short intro, take a breath, feel it be, here's another check-in with Chris Moraski. It's been a bit overdue, and we'll talk about what has happened in the meantime that had uh, sort of thrown us a bit of a curveball and what lay ahead. We also talk about humor here, and as that is part of this conversation, I've decided it's an opportunity to share what I have found to be some sources of humor from a close group of friends of mine that have shared ridiculous voicemails throughout the years. This is just a sample of some of them. They can come in the form of small business advertisements or sort of ridiculous mini sketches um, or music even at the end. And uh, it's with great joy that I bring those to you as always. Um, I will be setting down this uh, series very soon. I think this is the penultimate episode. So happy that I could do it with Chris again. It's actually the 48th episode, though it is uh, stamped as episode 45. Episode 2 had three parts to it. And I think with only one left, I only get to 49, which is just one short of Nifty 50. And I kind of like that, having a bit of wiggle room at the end, a bit of space, a bit of not quite crossing the ever escaping asymptote uh, for whatever it is, infinity, eternity, time, space, reality, understanding, enlightenment, uh, growth. There's always room to move. So with that, of course, as always, love yourselves, love each other, settle in. Remember, be here now. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Doing excellent. Thank you. Good. So last time we talked, you were, uh, well, the last time we talked off the podcast, you were going to be getting ready to go on this um, buffalo hunt in uh, Yellowstone. Did that happen? It did happen. And uh, and that turned into quite a turning point uh, for me here with this program and really gave me a lot to, to think about and to reflect on. The, the Buffalo Bridge project is really beautiful. It's, it is a service-oriented project that is run by four super-empowered women. And it's, um, it is this group of um, very competent skills folks who are supporting native hunters there at the edge of Yellowstone National Park when the bison come off the park and they go through there's only a very small area where the hunting is uh, allowed to happen. And so these particular tribes that uh, have treaty rights to hunt these uh, the buffalo in this region 
they will, um, you know, it's very, it's very regulated. There's a tribal conservation officer who is there on site when it's happening. And, uh, and they have a certain number of tags that particular tribes are able to fulfill. And then those buffalo go to feasts and they go to uh, get dispersed amongst the community. <clears throat> and um, Are they hunted so with rifles? They are, yeah, yeah. So it's very modern in that way, and uh, and so these uh, the folks that are running the Buffalo Bridge project, they uh, they have sleds because the buffalo uh, they're super big and heavy, and so they will uh, load up the the meat and uh, hide and whatever else and uh, use the sleds to um, to move that uh, back down to the vehicles. And there's also uh, a, new, a new regulation about um, the entrails that are left behind and, and how far back from uh, a road that those need to be. So um, these folks are, you know, they're, it's all volunteer. It's all just being of service. They're uh, loading up the entrails and sometimes moving them further back. And they are... Um, they're really there just um, to be uh, to be a bridge between you know the modern world and the native people and ancient traditions and you know how do we reclaim that and um, and it's really beautiful. Um, so there they are in their spare time in between hunts or in between when the buffalo decide to show up because the buffalo are on their own time mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes weeks or 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 longer will go by before a buffalo is killed we happen to be uh to be there when there was a, a couple of them that were killed but uh during the invited and and what was your role too as you go on um, so, uh, we were invited because, um, uh, myself and Tom are friends with the people that are running it and, uh, just to have a longstanding relationship with, with those folks. So, you know, um, it was an invitation, kind of a special invitation for the folks here from, uh, from Green University to be able to go and, and kind of see what was happening there and help out. That's really and, great. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the time when there's no buffalo that are uh, coming through, there's camp chores to be done and uh and there's you know there's crafting projects so one of the things that happens is uh the hawk uh the hawks from the animals are uh essentially um the the uh the the, the skin and fur from the ankle of the animals um so we're talking about something that is maybe like uh i don't know 10 inches long that uh, is directly above where the hoof is. And, uh, and those are cut off and there's um, a traditional style or a few traditional styles of bags that are made using those hawks. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful and it's something that, you know, isn't seen a lot uh, these days anymore. 
And so that's one of the things because the hunters generally aren't taking those lower legs. So those lower legs are collected um, by the Buffalo Bridge Project and they skin them out and sew them together. And then almost all of those are then gifted back to hunters. And, um, you know, it's it's a way of, of just um, keeping old ways alive and uh, spreading spreading uh, some some gratitude for these animals and for these old ways. And um, but you know, almost everything is is gifted because this group is very service oriented. and um, and so one of the things that came up was that, uh, they, uh, the, the leaders there, they spoke to me um, after we were only there for a couple of, for a few days. And they spoke to me on the morning when they asked us to leave saying, you know, we really felt a change in the energy when your group arrived. And it was a taking energy. And this group, the Buffalo Bridge Project is really focused on service. And when y'all showed up, there was a shift. And it was more of a, what can I get out of this time and this experience rather than what can I give? Mm. And, you know, that's, a, that's, I think, not so much a criticism of what's going on here in Green University as it is a criticism of society at large. You know, that's what we're taught. We're always taught to get the best deal, to... Um, rise above the crowd to be a uh, to be a successful individual means to do better than other people to have more to you know somehow um show off to somehow get yeah and yeah yeah it's, it's all of those things it's it's just um it's a sickness within our society which everyone is born into and you know the unique thing about being human is that we have this incredibly long childhood and whatever we're exposed to becomes what is right and normal and good in our foundational understanding of what it is to be human and so there's a lot of unraveling and reweaving that needs to take place before i believe we become whole um, before we can reclaim that, which is, which is our birthright and which is, um, even deeper within us that those old, old stories that are inside of our bones that tell us what it really is to be human beyond what our society teaches us about greed and selfishness and, and self-centeredness. And so, uh, and so the group was asked, you know, Hey, don't, uh, don't come back here this year, you know, um, we can revisit next year, but we were asked to leave. And, um, and the fallout um, was that uh, I was asked to leave um, because I think foundationally, there's just really been a, um, a misconnect, a disconnect between the philosophy of what's happening here at uh, at River Camp uh, and what I was hoping to facilitate. And just and, to clarify, uh, when you say you then were asked to leave after the group was asked to leave, that was the group was asked to leave by the foundation that's running the the care of the buffalo hunt. 
And so the group left, and then you were asked to leave by Green University or by River Camp, just to clarify. Yeah, by, by Tom. Yeah, okay. Tom, who's yeah. the director there. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, foundationally, I think there's just a difference in philosophy there. And, uh, and Tom and I hadn't really spoken about what it was. And I'm not sure that we even had the words for it at the time. But the way that uh, River Camp has been run, I would say, um, my my impression, my 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 thoughts on that is that it's more anarchist. Um, there's uh, kind of a rejection of authority, and uh, there's a, definitely an embracing of this self-reliance and rugged individualism and. Um, and you know, the people here, they're, they're all good people. They're, they're, they're wonderful in so many ways. And, um, and yet that's kind of what they were thinking that they were getting into. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I think that's, that's great. Self-reliance is definitely something that everyone needs because you can't support other people if you can't take care of your own self. Mm-hmm. And yet, I was given the um, responsibility of working with this group and getting them ready to do a 540-mile Stone Age trek down the Yellowstone River that would take, you know, a month and a half or more and could potentially be, um, could have dangerous, potentially even life-threatening situations crop up. Definitely, there would be hardship. Definitely, there would be situations where, um, you know, we have a limited amount of food would be incredibly likely for a Stone Age trip. And uh, so how well do we share? How deeply can we trust each other? How accountable is each person? Um, you know, and and how how transparent are we with one another? These are all things that for me, embarking on a project like that, that's essential. You know, we need to go as deeply into an egalitarian style community as we possibly can. And I don't think it's a particularly great idea to have um, people with more of a rugged individualist, self-reliant attitude doing something where cooperation is that essential. Um, And... um, but uh, you know, one of the th- <laughs> one of the blessings of me stepping back from this program and uh, and going off on a new course is all of the opportunity to process and to sort through and and come to a deeper understanding of what really went down and and you know there there were some hard feelings among some of the folks here in this group. Uh, towards me and and it was um, and even to the extent that um, many of them were saying like we reject that this is a community you know this is a school and we're here and we're learning but we're not a community Mm. and uh, um, and so what I what I see the foolishness on my part is that what I really tried to do was something that one person should never embark upon. Uh, I tried to facilitate a group of, of disparate 
folks coming together who who really didn't want to be in community. We just kind of found ourselves all here in this place, coming here for a variety of different reasons. And um, and in a in a real community, you have those individuals who simply are there unconditionally loving. You know, I love you no matter what, no matter how stupid you're doing things or no matter how how crazy or weird or whatever, I love you. There are no conditions. Mm -hmm. And then there's another person that's like, hey, what you're doing right now is really fucked up and you need to get your shit together and get in alignment with our community agreements and our community um, principles. And then there's another person there who's like, yeah, fuck the police. You know, we are just, you know, we don't, we're not going to follow the authority and, and uh, you know, like it's cool to buck the system. And you have all of these different characters, all of these different aspects that are working together, but it's not all coming from one person. And me trying to be uh, a facilitator of community an educator, a member of that community. Um, I'm trying to wear many different hats and some of them are just simply simply uh, mutually exclusive. They just don't work right. together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if I'm calling somebody, calling somebody in and saying, hey, you know, your behavior right now is against the agreements that we have like we have these particular agreements and you said that you would follow these and you didn't and and that's that's very conditional love in a sense it's a way of me being an authority figure and this group really doesn't like that mm -hmm. and by my saying that then how could they possibly believe that i could unconditionally love them at the same time um you know we really needed to have i needed to have more people who were on my team you know like buffalo bridge that project um this year began with four um four people coordinating it who are all very tight very aligned and nine students you know, here it was more like 15 and just me. Um, and that was, you know, that was my naivety. That was my foolishness. Um, and so um, and so I'm moving on and the group here, they're going to continue working on their projects and they're going to continue with, you know, their education because uh, life is a choose your own adventure kind of a deal. And it's all good. Um, I don't see any of this as being a, a bad thing. They're going to get the education that they get, and they're going to mine that for whatever it's worth for right. them. Yep. And they'll get a lot of great things out of it. Like, you know, if somebody is really into self-reliance, I fully uh, support them and encourage them, go to Green University. It's awesome. Um, but it's not a place for a deep egalitarian community. And so I'm moving on and I don't have any hard feelings about it. I've got a lot of things that I'm still working through. You know, I'm still, I will continue to learn from all of this for, for probably for years. Um, but it was, it was about a dozen years ago that 
I first really shifted my uh, my approach to difficulty. So anything that brought up inside of me anger or fear or sadness or guilt or anything other than love, I took that as a gift. It is a gift for me to have brought to the surface something that is not my deepest truth. And, um, and so I have, I have a lot of gratitude. You know, there's the easy gratitude that's like, oh, these flowers are so beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm going to put them right here on the table. And then there's hard gratitude where it's like, oh, this thing really sucked. And there's just as much value, um, sometimes more, in looking at the things that were hard and realizing the gifts that are within that, that by coming to a deeper understanding will you know, lead to um, more joy and deeper connection in the future. And so I look at this as like, wow, okay, so I will never again try to facilitate community without having a really tight and, um, and supportive team in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I remember um, in high school, I took on the, um, uh, from the existentialism, we looked at the the idea that whatever I'm about to do is going to have several potential outcomes. And I'm going to accept the worst possible outcome of that if I'm going to do this thing, because I was a risk taker slash idiot slash adventurer, whatever, you know, however you want to call it. Um, And so I would... You know, you never know. I just want to encourage your spirit to endure if you happen to find yourself in another situation that perhaps though you would want to engender this feeling of, uh, you know, community uh, integration or uh, interdependence, you would also be willing to let it unravel and and know to take your cue to exit if, if that happened. But because sometimes it's going to happen when you talked about every group has this person and that person. I've noticed also every group has a leader. There's always some leader that emerges naturally. And, you know, this just happens and you never know how the chemistry is going to happen. Um, I just wouldn't want it to, I just wouldn't want you to ever say never. Cause you never know what's going to, what's going to happen down the road. I just said never, which is ironic, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. So yeah. totally down for the extremes, and I think those are valuable too. Was that and the way of the peaceful warrior? Did you read that book? I read that. Yeah, like a thousand years ago. Yeah. Uh, same here. I remember there was a gas station. There was some cool things that happened and, uh, and party on. That's I remember that I quote, everything in moderation, including moderation. I read it 1100 uh, years ago. Uh, and okay. I also had read uh, Ishmael by Daniel yes. Quinn, right. With the levers yep. and the takers. So I, I had mistaken uh, that that's who had read it um, among my guests. I just yeah. did an interview that you're just absolutely paralleling what this person was talking about in terms of, when you have a difficulty arise to, to sit with it, not to try and distract yourself from it, you know, not, not to ignore it, not to stuff it down, but to, you know, as you were saying, see it as a gift. And that's, that was yeah. so beautifully said, such a good thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I a native friend of mine. He says, uh, you know that thing, that thing that you're struggling with and troubled about, and that you can't seem to find resolution with. Put that in a pot and put that on the back of your stove, and just let it simmer there. And every once in a while, lift the lid up. But you know, don't sit there and keep stirring it because that's not going to do it. You know, some things need to be set. Yeah. You know, so, I, you know, go ahead. Well, I just, I, <laughs> we talked about talking about humor here and I know we're going to get to it, but I just, the whole, ever since I know this is going to happen, I have this comedian that lives in my brain who comes up with all my jokes when I guess when I'm in that right kind of mood, because I'm in that frame of mind and all along, everything you've been saying, as serious as it is, it keeps coming up with jokes. Like with the sleds and the buffalo, I was picturing like a, a far side cartoon where the buffaloes love to sled and it was a way to bring them in. And, you know, the, the, the irony of saying I love you unconditionally, uh, provided you meet the following conditions or, you know, these sorts of like right. just right. one after another. I just wanted to, to share the idiocy that's going on uh, internally. Okay, so now it's time for our first break to hear a word from our sponsor. These sponsors are imaginary, of course. Um, among my friends, for years, we've been trading ridiculous voicemails. And uh, from those have cropped up some excellent small business advertisements done by one guy in particular, which are hilarious. Uh, another guy does these uh, goofy voicemail messages <laughs> from from Rick until Steve, uh, and I'll be playing one of those too. So right now we're going to hear from Craig Klutschke, and this is all in the idea of humor, which really for the rest of the episode, though we talk about it, and, and Chris is very articulate in describing uh, how humor plays such a major role with uh, so many of the Plains Indians of North America, um, I tend to sort of come in and out of taking myself too seriously sometimes, and humor is a good balance for that. It's really been important to me to realize uh, that <clears throat> I had been using humor in a in a destructive way early in my life that I was I was sort of targeting others to to make a joke at. I've talked about this before in the podcast until I realized that I was the best source material there was. So I started to make fun of me and that really brought a lot of levity to otherwise overly seriousness on my part. But also when you're healing, if you can laugh, you are on your way. So the importance of humor. So with that in mind, uh, this and some of the following um, sponsor or humorous interruptions from voicemails, um, that's just for entertainment. I hope it uh, is all right. Without further ado, here's Cled Craig Klutschke. Hey, Craig Klutschke here from Craig Klutschke's Butcher Shop in downtown Sturdivant. Hey, are you tired of silly bolsos at your local grocery store butcher shop? I wouldn't even call them butchers. I would call them murderers because that's what they're doing to your pocketbook. When you're buying T-bone steaks for, what, $18.99 a pound when you can come down to Craig Klutschke's and get them for half that cost? What are you, crazy? I think you are. Anybody who shops at a grocery store that's got carpet on, it's got another thing coming. Let me tell you that for sure right now. But, hey, don't forget, 
Craig Klutschke's Downtown Sturnovant. We got homemade brat sausages, only $2.99 a pound. Chicken breasts, $3.99 a pound. Baby back pork ribs are now only $1.99, and those are country style. Don't worry about it. Put it in a slow cooker, slather it with some onions and barbecue sauce, and you got yourself a meal for a whole week. Why not make pulled pork sandwiches? Why not take the kids down for free popcorn? I'm telling you, we got it all here at Craig Klutschke's here down in downtown Sturnovant. Check it out while the deals are hot. And even are some of our, our, you know, our cashiers are kind of cute too. So come on, check them out, give them a kiss. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah, you know, and humor has always been a, 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 an old, old way of dealing with challenge, dealing with difficulty. And you see that in, um, like you see that in, in, uh, military where they're in really hard situations and dangerous situations. And it tends to be kind of dark humor, which I've been in enough dangerous situations and I, I tend to get along really well with, uh, ex-military and uh and i can totally go with uh yeah like we might die today yep i hope you had a good breakfast friend (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it might be your last i hope you're wearing clean underwear about this yeah you know we're joking about it but it's you know it's it's also like we were recognizing that yeah things could go sideways and, uh, and amongst the native people, which, you know, most of my, most of the native people that I've been around have been Plains tribes, but, um, they are, um, the funniest people I've ever been around. Absolutely. And you probably, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, uh, and it's, uh, it tends to be mostly kind humor, um, it's not, uh, it's not intending to degrade or, um, um, I mean, sometimes it is to diminish, but, um, but not to, not to hurt a person. It's not, it's not mean humor. Um, I definitely see like, especially there will be, uh, some, uh, it's often the women who will comment about, you know, some man walking by and they'll be like, Oh, look at you, such a big man. Yeah. You, you got your chest all puffed out. Wow. I bet you're a great hunter. You're probably a, a, a superb lover too. Yeah. You know, you could just tell by the way you walk and, um, and it's, it's funny, but it's also a way of, um, of dismissing ego. Mm-hmm. And uh, an ego dismissal is something that I see as uh, cross-culturally like egalitarian hunter-gatherer communities could not have people who are really caught up in their own self-importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so humor has always been a really, you know, a really important part of that. I remember in the sweat lodge, uh, someone with a stripe on their underwear would be made, uh, made, oh, made fun of, but you know, made, it was a point of laughter. Um, and they'd call it Mises, you know, like feces that are mine. Um, and I was surprised, <laughs> you know, cause this is like church and, uh, and everyone would be like laughing so hard uh, at the, at the chagrin of the person. I remember Larry fish, doing 
and I, I hope he's agreed to to have a conversation sometime. So I look forward to that down the road. Um, but he was doing some doctrine one time. There's a real heavy guy. And, uh, you know, he, he'd have some helpers like help the person lay down, right? Mm -hmm. And as we're lifting him back up, Larry makes a fart sound. And it sounds like the guy ripped one as he was standing up. And he was doing the doctoring, you know, like this is in the sacred <laughs> And it was hilarious. Everybody laughs. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally reject this idea that, um, you know, healing is supposed to be hard and that it's supposed to be serious and things that are spiritual are supposed to be serious and we can't have fun. Like we're a whole we're we're a whole entity with all of the different aspects of all of the ways in which we can be. And so there's room for all of that. And humor is something that um, that can take uh, trauma, which, you know, we're, we're, um, we're adjusting trauma, we're shifting our perspectives, we're moving energy, we're readjusting our physicality, and our mental, um, our mental, uh, well, neural pathways. And, um, and humor is a way of just taking all of that and just nudging it and tugging it. And, um, you know, I remember, uh, I remember in the sweat there uh, uh, with the Blackfeet, Wilbert, um, we had just finished a round and, uh, and it was, you know, the door comes open and it had been really hot and intense and, and almost everybody bails out um, in between rounds. And there's just, there's just a handful of people that are left there's Wilbert and some other natives there and uh and me and I don't know if any other any other white dudes were there um and I look over at Wilbert and he's he's shaving yeah <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes must have gotten pretty big because he looked over at me and he says oh yeah you know you shave in the sweat and he rubs his face and says baby smooth <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you're right we're in church we're in church right and uh and why shouldn't we laugh why shouldn't we embrace joy when we're doing things that are spiritual laughter is really good if if you can laugh you know you're you're doing okay you're you're not off the map um it's just so healthy oh my dog is just so damn funny he makes me laugh pretty much daily not my dog, but the dog we have right now. Still the same dog. He's going to be a okay. new family soon, but uh, yeah, he brings right. us much joy. Yeah, you know, and I have as just a general way of moving through the world. Um, when something new, something big comes, I'm my approach is always, wow, this is interesting. I wonder how this is going to turn out. Yeah. And that's my sense of humor coming forth and saying, I'm in and I don't know what's going to happen, but um, one door closes, another door opens, or maybe we open up the same door, you know, doors open and close. That's how doors work. Um, but there's always, there's always a new turn. There's always a new opportunity. And I love having uh, these new opportunities. So for me, um, you know, I had investment in in staying with this program and supporting the group and coming as close together as they possibly could 
to be as deeply egalitarian as we could get. And also for me to make sure that I had imparted um, the practical skills that everyone would need in order to support themselves and also the, um, the deeper skills around. So we start a fire, what does that mean? Like, how does that inform us about the journey of being human, um, raising and tending this entity that we've been with for over a million years? And now I'm letting go of that. Um, and so what's next? Well, there's so, you know, there's so many ways in which I can turn and, um, and it's all exciting. It's all good. There's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, I do, I'm a strong believer that we bring to us the lessons which we need in order to um, have the, uh, the healing that's necessary to be a whole human. And it doesn't mean that things can't happen accidentally and, oh, that's really fucked up and you didn't call that on yourself. But, um, but you know, in general, people keep repeating patterns until they figure it out mm. and do that healing work and then that pattern ends and then they can work on other patterns. So It's almost um, automated. Like if you're unbalanced yeah. somehow, you're going to continue to find your resting position to be x y or z until your shape changes until you somehow grow out of that condition yeah yeah i mean it's easiest to look at that in relationships i think um you know people who are like oh you know like i i'm i left that relationship i'm so happy i'm not with that person that was a dumpster fire and a train wreck and and uh but now now i'm dating this new person and they're nothing like that and it's so great and then you know after the new relationship honeymoon phase is over suddenly they're that person the new person is um, presenting the same kinds of challenges that the last person did. It's the same issues that were not resolved. And it just looks new because it's in a new package. Um, and I, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's the beauty of relationships and the beauty of love is uh, we do this trauma dance and it gives us the opportunity to imagine and hopefully get the support to have our traumas activated and also held with love so that they can be um, reimagined and re-experienced um, in a way that that feels like we're really being really being loved really being held really being nurtured mm -hmm. um, but you know it it happens with everything so it's not just relationships it's it's everything hi there Tony Pomegranate here from Pomegranate Heating and Cooling. Are you tired of throwing away your hard-earned dollars on cut-rate HVAC services? I don't blame you. Well, I got a solution for you. Come on down or call Pomegranate Heating and Cooling today. We will give you a free furnace checkup. And we're going to lube and oil all the parts of your furnace for absolutely free. Don't believe me? Try us. Give us a call today. Tony Pomegranate's Heating and Cooling Air Conditioning. Come on down or stop by or give us a call. Who cares? I don't give a fuck. Who cares? 
what I do. And hey, by the way, all our technicians are background checked thoroughly. So you don't have to worry about any of them touching up on your wife about or being preverts or anything like that because they're all good guys. They're all my brothers or cousins or neighbors. So you got nothing to worry about when it comes to that at all. You know, and if you got a messy basement, we're used to that too because you don't have to worry about it. Everybody's got a messy basement in life. Things are tough sometimes. You don't get time to clean up stuff that you need to clean up. I believe you. I understand. But anyways, so don't get fooled by cut rate heating and cooling and air conditioning guys. Like the other guys that are on my neighborhood too because they don't know what they're doing. So, alright, well, hey, once again, thanks for listening to my commercial and I hope that this works because I'm really broke. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. I can't find the button to turn it off. So as I look forwards, I'm going to continue to be teaching down in the Los Angeles area, and I'm still doing some programs uh, here and there. Um, but also, I'm going to be taking some time to allow myself to be guided into the experiences that are calling me, um, the ones that are wanting my attention. And so... It's not necessary for me to, to be like, oh, okay, so here's my next plan and here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I have time and time is the most precious gift that, uh, that I could be working with. So I've got some classes that are scheduled and then I also have some, some free time and I will be doing some traveling and visiting some friends and going to see some, some beautiful wild areas. Um, I intend to spend some time with some of the native people here in Montana. And, um, and then uh, this fall, uh, I'm gonna take the, the entire month long uh, archery elk hunting season to be in the wilderness. Right on. And, and um, you know that's that's good for my good for my soul to be in uh, just immersed in um, natural principles at work in a system that is functioning um, as it's always as it's always functioned. Mm -hmm. Because and, then and you knowing how uh, to function within that system too. Yeah, yeah, and you know, always the invitation is to go deeper. Um, you know, always the invitation is to um, to feel more deeply, to merge more deeply with how am I behaving within the system. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm asking to receive the gift of the life of of a huge and beautiful creature. Um, and am I, am I giving back, you know, am I, am I planting uh, wild foods in the place where I'm hunting? Um, the ones that are native there that maybe aren't doing so well because of, uh, you know, because of people and because they brought in cattle and, you know, the rangeland mismanagement and all of that. There's, there's so much opportunity to give back if we look deeply at the system and see the ways in which it's been, it's been harmed. And I'm going to be 
probably a lot of my time I'll be deep in the wilderness where things are going well. And really my job is simply to, uh, to notice and to empathically connect with that and become a part of it as much as I can. Hey, Buster Brown, come on down to Dick Bartlett's Used Furniture Emporium. You need a new kitchen table? Don't worry about it. We got it for you today. Stop on in while prices are low. I just got a bunch of furniture today and I need to get rid of it as soon as possible. Don't forget, you have a new business or office that you need to furnish? Don't worry about it. Come on down to Dick Bartlett's Used Furniture Emporium. That's where you will find a desk for only $40. Otherwise, you can get chairs, task chairs, any kind of chairs, recliner chairs. You can get the Pilates ball that I found in a rummage sale for only 15 bucks. Why don't you stop on down today? Okay, bye-bye. Where are you calling from right now? So I am back here at River Camp uh, at the moment. I, I just, um, uh, I had taken two weeks to go and uh, kind of let go of the stress and, uh, and, and ground and do some processing uh, and have some fun. And uh, so I took two weeks in the Hell's Canyon region of Idaho where it's uh, the season is a little advanced, a little further ahead than it is here in Montana. Mm. And I got to enjoy um, just such a, such a beautiful experience of, I arrived there just as winter was breaking and spring was arriving. Mm. And so um, I got to watch a number of different species of plants like um, there was a Saskatoon berry, which is delicious. I'm sure you've eaten those. Um, Saskatoon berry tree uh, that was uh, right near where I set up the tent. And when I arrived, all of the buds were tight. And then as the warm days continued, they started to slowly open. And then a few days before I left, the whole this whole bush was um, was all in flower and uh so the the saskatoon berries flowered the plums the wild plums flowered Mm -hmm. um shooting star and arrow leaf balsam root and um the uh what the nez purse they call caus um lomatium caus it's a, a biscuit root that's a major food source those were flowering uh you know and and being able to be in that one place for a couple of weeks and watch that tremendous transition was really sweet. And, and then I'm back here at River Camp for just a couple of days. I'm, I'm doing final packing here and, uh, and saying my see you laters. What are you going to do and, with your gear? Um, so the gear was never mine. Um, it was always something that I was building here for Green University and, uh, and leaving here. So just utilizing it for the time. And right uh, so, so, you know, it will be, it'll be something that I can feel good about um, 
my impact on supporting this program and uh, making this place more, more beautiful and functional. Chris, you know, uh, I have an observation for you because I've known you for a while and, and the, we were on the first, you brought me out to meet Wilbert uh, and the fish family out in Montana. Uh-huh. And I think it was the second year, it was the year after that we went out there and there was a whole group of folks that came out with um, the, who had been at a, I don't know, a mountain man or primitive skills retreat uh, at your earth circle school. Right. And I remember a similar shift in energy or a little bit, you know, some tense vibes there that reminded me i was reminded of that when you're talking about this what happened uh yeah the the buffaloes and yet it made me realize man you you are in a very particular unique position of being like at the fulcrum more or less between two very different social um kinds of societies egalitarian you know, leaning uh, and more selfish capitalist, you know, um, money oriented leaning. And you are in the middle inviting folks from, you know, one group, which is more self-centered to experience and learn uh, some, you know, important life lessons from another group. And I think it's, like you'll no doubt find yourself in you know betwixt these two polarities uh in in a tough position because you're a leader and you're a teacher this is in your bones man you can't even if you never did another job like that again you'd still be doing it (laughs) you know and um but i think if i may and i i do this with with all humility i'm just as from another from a brother from another mother to another um just sharing what's coming to me as if it was me and maybe it's clearer to get insight when it isn't me and i found that myself and i do meditations if i can take myself out of myself like i get to a whole different level which is really nice and much more unified um you're talking what you're talking about now you already know like kind of what what needs to be uh assisted in in the balance so so that there isn't maybe such a contrast such a uh, oil and water and perhaps there you'll find a way um when you're involved in such a role again to seed an invite with the kind of uh invitation or or words or gravity to attract the people that are coming from the Western society, I shouldn't even say Western because they're natives, um, the capitalist society that are interested in learning this and realize it is a part of this egalitarian society or egalitarian like practice and life ways. And, you know, to, to have an understanding that there, they may face a lot of challenges to check their ego and to, to drop some things and to, to learn how to connect both with themselves and each other or however, however it comes up, whatever the position is, but like you are uniquely positioned 
to to deliver the message and invite the right people that are going to be closer to that end of the spectrum, but then they will be able to invite or spread the word to the next bunch, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Einstein, um, I'll paraphrase, is that he said, it's not that I'm smarter than everyone else. It's just that I stay with the problems longer. And I do believe that whatever we choose to focus on eventually comes into clearer resolution. And yeah. this is something that I have been staring at really my entire life. You know, ever since as a child, I, um, I felt this disconnect and I, I couldn't understand, like, why are, why are these people in their, like, behind their four walls with their their manicured lawns and their fences and how come we don't really know and love all of our neighbors why is there so much distance and so much sadness and um and i you're you're right yeah with um that group that came out to uh to wilbert's land there uh, the fish family's land uh wilbert talked to me afterwards and he said, you know, we really like you coming out here and we like some of the folks that you brought out here, but some of the other folks, we don't want you to bring them back. Mm -hmm. And, um, and those were folks who just, um, they, they didn't get it or they didn't get it at that time. They weren't ready for it. They weren't wanting a, a shift in their understanding of, of how to be in community and um, and then I uh, I started up Elements Gathering outside of Los Angeles um, in the in the Sierras, uh, beautiful beautiful spot. And the focus there for the eight years that that was happening was how do we support um, as many as you know almost three hundred people to come as deeply into egalitarian community over the span of a week. So I've had a lot of practice with explicitly that was part of yeah, the intention of people going there. Well, explicitly and not so, um, you know, I started out the first year where I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just combine stone age skills, this ancient way of, of meeting our needs directly and, um, and music at night and, and uh, and also some other kinds of classes that would lean more deeply into spirituality and connection, and um, and so it was about that well formulated. And then uh, a couple of years in, it got more explicit. But of course, it the mold had already been cast. Um, so. So it started out with people given the understanding, hey, this is a Stone Age skills gathering and we have some great music at night. Um, and so, you know, gradually it became more explicit that, yeah, this is our focus. We're seeking to go deeper into egalitarian community. How close can we get within the span of a week? And wow, learned so much. And um, one of the things that I saw with that event, you know, it's, it's only a week. 
And because it's only a week that um, I strive to um, have my messaging to be like 80% invitation and 20% um, accountability. So calling people in, specifically addressing behaviors which are not in alignment with a group functioning closely in community, that's the calling in, that's that 20%. And our, our you know, Western folks are fragile. Uh, I shouldn't say that ex exclusively because it, it's definitely a West Coast thing um, that there's a lot of fragility um, the more that you go into uh, uh, East Coast, you get um, you get into more folks there who are uh, just simply more direct. Hey, and... I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah. And so somebody from the West Coast, um, California, you know, I'm speaking in very big generalizations. Sure, yeah, hashtag, yeah. hashtag not all West Coasters. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, uh, they will find somebody from, from say, New York, sometimes very abrasive and, um, and, and unpleasant because they're, you know, speaking so directly. And, uh, and so, you know, we really ran into that at Elements Gathering where there were a lot of folks who did not want to be called in. And, um, and, you know, that's the same thing here at River Camp. That's the same thing there with the group that was, uh, that was asked to not come back to, to the fish family land. Um, you know, you have to be, you have to want to be held accountable by your community. And we're not really trained in that. That's not something that our society really values. Um, you do see it in some in some cultures um, within this Western framework. So, like Alcoholics Anonymous, that's one of the biggest things. There is is accountability, taking your own inventory, um, and um, and listening, and getting clear feedback, and thanking somebody for that, and then really taking an honest look at that. But that requires ego dismissal, um, or else then it's like, why are you busting my chops? Why are you, why are you in my business? Like, why don't you mind your own business? Uh, let me do my thing. I want to do my thing. Um, and yet we don't, you know, we don't become community unless we can work through that. Now, in a week-long gathering, 80% invitation talking about, hey, this is how, how indigenous peoples all over the world, um, you know, coming together, sharing, supporting each other, um, dancing together, music, you know, they're all of these, these doorways that lead us into that. All invitation, nobody argues with that. Everybody has a great time and it can be really successful. But there's so much unconscious um, racism and uh, colonizer consciousness that um, that that for someone who has kind of been dealing with that um, their whole lives. So I'm speaking here like the native folks who would come and be there as participants or instructors. 
and uh, and the black folks who would come and you know um, these kinds of folks would um, would sometimes feel really insulted and um, and and really not like the way that they were treated not because anybody was trying to be an asshole to them but simply because there was so much unexamined um, separation so much unexamined othering um that colonizer consciousness that's so deep within our our framework and so you know that's that's a part that i i don't i don't know how um i don't know exactly what the um what the equation looks like in order to really make it happen because we've, you know, we had cases where uh, folks would come up to me and say, wow, you know, this is the most incredible week of my life. Um, I didn't know what was missing in my life until I came here. Um, people that are just, their hearts are so open and they've just, uh, they've had this, this incredible experience that will change their, their life forever. And then at the same event, the same week, um, I'll have a black participant who will say, I'm not coming back. And, you know, like, again, it's this, um, there's intention and then there's impact. There's working through all of the, uh, the unconscious um, colonizer uh, attitudes, perspectives, ways of being. And it's a lot, it's a lot to sort through all of that. And, and, you know, we'll never get it perfect, but um, I guess this is a long and rambling circle to come back around to. Yeah, I keep looking at all of this and keep working at it. Um, this has been another uh, experience in which I've learned a lot. And there are some things that I will do differently in the future but I, I am a bridger. It's just who I am in this yeah, lifetime. Yeah, you are. And it's just a, it's a, it's just a role you, you play. You can't be responsible for, you know, like making the, the change to cascade, you know, permanently. It's just, that's what you're doing at that moment. One week, you know, someone said, and Chris, I thought it might've been you at some point. I wonder, um, Someone said, if you go from retreat to retreat or festival to festival, um, you know, and you ha keep having these highlight experiences, that's great. Uh, but that isn't like the same as the real day-to-day -day world uh, when you want to get deep. Does that sound something familiar to you? Like you would have um, said? I, I mean, yeah, I've definitely said things like that. And that's that's been my experience. Uh, you know, somebody goes to like a motivational seminar, Tony Robbins, woohoo, and they're super pumped up. Or you go to a, you know, a, like a revival, a, you know, some sort of a religious mm -hmm. sort of a revival experience. There's all of this energy and everybody feels like they are so different. And in that moment, they are. And then they leave that and they come to grips with um, the old patterns. Yes. And, and, you know, like just, uh, just being at a festival, being at a revival or, or some sort of, uh, seminar is not reality. It's a wave on a giant ocean. 
and uh, and then you slip back down into the trough in between the next wave. Um, or or it's an know. event. It's a it's a certain weather phenomenon. But you go back to the old pathways, and like this is the thing where our brains are wired. You know, we wire them over time. We we continue to. Uh, replay the same neural synaptic uh, connections and and develop like this strong default mode network, this these strong neural pathways of thoughts, identities, ideas, perceptions, expectations. And it, you can't undo it all in a week, but you know, whatever the the feature is, it helps to show that there is another way to think or to identify or to see the world. And then it's up to everyone to continue to practice that in their everyday life and know it's going to be a bit of an uphill thing. It's they're going to be, you know, it takes, I don't know. I heard this is complete hearsay, but I heard one time someone say, oh, it takes nine months to build a habit. So it, it also takes nine months to break a habit. But the idea behind it was that you're you're having to retrain your brain. You're having to make new neural connections and pathways and and repeat you know repeating connections that become more default. So it's it's a good part that you're playing. But yeah, you can't. Was it Abe Lincoln who said you can't please all the people all the time? Or something like that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I can't. I can't recall. Um, remember, we had an quotes. Abe Lincoln thing. Yeah. I'd say good thinking, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> and, and you remember yeah, what I you would say? That. I, re I don't remember. You'd say uh, I, lived in a small log cabin in the woods, or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do remember there was a thing going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I call bullshit on nine months. Um, yeah, I because, don't know where that's from. Yeah, but um, but what I have found in my own experience is that more like eight and a half. I'm yeah, just kidding. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, consistent practice leads to more predictable and faster results. Yeah, and so. Um, what I see so much in society today that's really concerning is that people are not taking the uh, the time. They're not uh, valuing being reflective. And, uh, you know, it's it's too easy to just scroll through Facebook or Instagram or or whatever and um and look for that next little endorphin hit. And, um, and uh, you know, the number of people that I meet that have spent, you know, a week or more um, completely alone and completely without technology is a very small number of people. And that is a transformational experience. Yeah. Everyone, in my opinion, everyone should do that. And if you look at uh, hunter-gatherer communities all over the world, they do that. You know, they that is something that's valued. And if people aren't taking that time, then they're not going to. Um, they're not probably going to get to the point where they can really see. Okay, so here is here's the reality of the experience that I went through. Here is my side of the street. 
this is what I intended, these are my impacts, and here is a path that I can move beyond this into a different kind of experience, um, healing my limitations and seeing into the dark shadows. Um, you know, we need that time to just be able to sit and, and think about it and feel through it and, and not have something that uh, says, it's okay, just move on, just look at this other thing. Hey, this is cute. Um, funny cat videos. You know, hey, you want a little bit of dopamine? <laughs> Here's some candy for you. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, hey, Tim. It's me, Rick, again. Uh, hey, I see that you put your boat on Craigslist. Um, you know, I was looking at that last summer, and I had given you a really good offer, and you kind of threw back at me and sounded upset. But, um, you know, that offer still stands. And anyways, I was thinking I could borrow it this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'll fill it up with gas, you know, and uh, see how I like it for over the Memorial Day weekend. You know, I mean, win-win uh, for both of us. You sell your boat, maybe, and I get to borrow a boat for the whole entire weekend. You know, let me know if that's something that's uh, worth it to you. Um, uh, once again, Steve, it's Rick. I'll talk to you later. So I find that for myself, um, I'm, I'm often able to move through things very quickly. Not everything. Definitely, there are some things that are way more entrenched, and there are some things that I'm, you know, I'm still working on uh, years and years along. But um, but other things, um, you know, sometimes I'm able to have a, a complete behavioral shift immediately, and I look at that um, and from the perspective of there's energetic, there's mental, there's physical, and there's emotional. And it's all four of those things. I hope that's four. Um, and so um, energy gets stuck in the body. Uh, if, you, if you run um, an electrical current through various parts in the body, you can actually find where there are knots, uh, which tend to also correlate with either stuck muscle groups or poorly functioning organs. And when those, uh, let's, let's say the, the muscles that are really tight, you know, someone who is a massage therapist can say like, when they're working on a particularly tight muscle group and that muscle group then fully releases, that person is often crying on the table because it's trauma that has been locked up there. Mm -hmm. So there is an, there's an energetic component to release. Um, and that I have a strategy for which, um, which is basically doing a, um, a version of Ho'oponopono, uh, which is a, which is not really so much what you find on uh, YouTube videos and whatnot uh, as a Hawaiian spiritual practice. Um, but, uh, but I have I've studied a bit of, uh, of Huna, this uh, Hawaiian spiritual practice. And it's, to me, it's amazing. Um, leave it to a people who are surrounded by, um, surrounded by a, a turning ocean and living on volcanoes. 
to really understand how energy works. Mm. And then there's the, um, the mental component, which is to make a commitment to a change in behavior and, um, and as to, a part of Pono Ono Pono or separate? No, no, this is separate now. So, um, can you say a little bit about Hono Ono The Ho'oponopono is a Thank way of, of identifying <clears throat> everything that is other than love and, um, and essentially calling upon one's higher self, one's uh, connection to um, this higher consciousness that, that we're all a part of to release anything to activate because uh, you got to feel it to heal it to activate and then release anger fear sadness guilt anything that is other than love and so it is purely an energetic release I and saw... it's also it's also forgiveness and it's also cutting of um the cords the aka cords that are connecting us to other people so that we're um, we're returning to our uh, our true self, and we're letting go of um, we're letting go of patterns, um, so that we can see things in a more true light. I'm not going to try to mispronounce it again, but I read <laughs> one of your posts the other day, which was after you had left the school, and. To me, it had paralleled what what may be a, a popularization of of um, this Miss Ho'oponopono. 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 As I understand it, it, and if it isn't this, it it apparently has its roots in some Hawaiian system. But it was four statements of "I love you," "I am sorry," "Please forgive me," "Thank you" that you can say to yourself as well as to anyone else. And and I saw yeah. this sort of paralleled in in the structure of what you were saying about leaving the camp. And I thought to even mention that, and now I'm glad I didn't. Um, but is that the uh, the sort of misconstrued, popularized YouTube version of it? Um, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's very simplistic. Um, there's certainly more to it than just, uh, than just saying the words. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you have know, to mean it, but there's but, probably even more and more and more to it. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, it is about, it is about, uh, inviting in, um, pure love it is about releasing um anything that is other than love it is about sharing that love and it is about forgiveness and about release and um and so that's become that's become my primary practice for dealing with um activation at it as as my first step and then, um, you know, and then the mental side of it is what are my thoughts doing? And so making commitments around my thought patterns and around how my thoughts are telling my body about what I'm going to be doing or what I'm not going to be doing. And, um, and what I have found in my experience, the most important aspect of that is to be honest. And most people are not terribly honest. Mm. You know, and by honest, what I mean is that 
even the little things like when I say, um, hey, I'm going to leave in an hour and I'm going to go to the grocery store and pick up some, um, you know, these items. But then it's, um, it's three hours later and I haven't left for the grocery store. That's dishonest. Um, and that is a way that you are telling yourself that you can't trust yourself. And the more that the honesty is really clear and, and so like, I don't tend to, I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. I will my whole life, but, um, I don't tend to very often say I'm going to be leaving in an hour. Um, I don't want to be that specific because that's not of value to me. It's more valuable to me to um, make sure that I've taken care of certain things um, before I leave. You know, so maybe it'll be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to um, finish reading this article and then I want to check and see if I have any text to deal with. And then I'm going to, you know, put away some laundry and, you know, I'm going to do a few things and then I'm going to head out and, um, and then I can stay in my integrity. And then I know that I trust myself because when I do make a commitment that says I will be here at eight o'clock and I'm there at eight o'clock or I'm there before eight o'clock, I learn to over time trust myself. And so then when I say, yeah, this behavior that I've been doing that is really not supportive of um, my highest truth or my connections, I'm going to change that. Then it's easier to just change that. I trust myself. I make a commitment and I know that I can trust myself. I will follow through with that. Yeah, right on. Integrity of word. Yeah. And then there's the physical side with um, you know, we hold our patterns in our body, in our posture, in the way that we move. And so that's a matter that's sort of tied with all of it. And I'm, I'm feeling into the way in which I'm holding my body. And, and I tell people, you know, Hey, if you've got a phone, set a timer on it every 30 minutes, every 15 minutes, every hour, whatever, set it so that a, a chime goes off and, you use that as an opportunity to check in. How am I holding my body? Am I holding my body in the attitude of someone who feels completely loved, completely confident, um, completely in alignment? Or am I holding it in someone who's harboring grudges or is feelings, feeling little? or, um, you know, some sort of, some sort of, uh, trauma. And then, you know, then I'm looking at my emotions, like, yeah. what is in my heart? What is in, uh, what is it that I'm feeling right now? And that's always a choice, but most of the time we don't choose it because we just unconsciously let it do whatever it's going to do. And, um, you know, we're going through the world. um, in reaction rather than consciously choosing how we're going to be and, and what we're going to experience. Yes. 
And you keep playing, you keep replaying the same situation then unconsciously over and over again. That I have a app, I think it's it's from my meditation app. I, I don't know what it's called now. It's been so long since I installed it, mindful maybe, but um, it's from Vipassana and it can randomly, you know, within 15 minutes of the hour or an hour, uh, give a chime. And that's what I do. And I've experienced that sometimes when I have, you know, it's just to check in with presence. And when I realized, just like you were saying, man, that my posture is of a certain way, I might shift. And in doing that shift consciously, then I might feel a change or a reason that I was sitting there, some emotion that was there. And then I'm conscious of that and can sit with it for a bit, you know, and, and look at it and, um, you know, over and over again, uh, with that repetition, it it at least enables uh, an awareness of it. And at some point it changes, which seems to happen at least to me, not like a snap of the finger, but gradually over time. Oh, hey, Steve, this is Ron. Um, just having a garage sale next weekend and uh, seeing if you could come help me out. I could use your muscles. I know that you're kind of busy, you know, with the new uh, tractor trailer job or whatever. Uh, you might be on the road, but uh, if you're around, I could uh, indulge you with a beer or possibly a uh, hamburger also. Or I might be grilling some hot dogs. I can make them the old style way, just like you like them. Anyways, uh, I could use your muscles if you want to come on over and get the stuff out of my basement up to the garage and help me price it. That'd be great. Um, all right. Once again, this is Jason. I'll talk to you later, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, things take as long as they take and time is, uh, is an artificial construct. Uh, you know, time is really about relationships. It's not about, um, it's, it's not a, it's not a thing that we can so easily quantify as it relates to being human. So, um, really looking at, uh, looking at the energy and looking at the relationships, I think changes our understanding of time. So, you know, how long does it take? I don't know. I don't know what time is. Yeah. And it certainly can, you can have these epiphany experiences that, that change in the moment and then you are forever a different person and continue to evolve that way. Uh, what does it transcend and include? I like that phrase from Ken Wilber. Mm, mm -hmm. And you were done. I think you were continuing on. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could, I could, I could keep talking about all of this uh, for this a lot is, longer. This is so good, man. I gotta. I'm gonna admit uh, an embarrassing thing. I've uh, while I'm doing chores around the house, like I'm pretty much homebound, except for when I'm taking this dog out. Um, and I don't. I don't have a job right now. Partially, I'm. I'm sort of working into that through rehab, and also COVID is is like shut a lot of doors where there would have been opportunities before for that. Um, so I'm. I'm doing study at home, which is great. I'm so glad I can do that, and I go out with a dog. And otherwise, I'm just here putzing around. Um, and I will. I'll be productive with the podcast or with the the online education. Um, but otherwise, I will put on just in the past few months, 
This is like admitting to being a, I don't know, a Barry Manilow fan. Nothing wrong with Barry Manilow either, but I've watched these like uh, Love is Blind and even The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, one of those. And um, now I'm watching some other thing like this. What I've noticed in this, and, and it's it's not to be like these, these things like uh, are you know, scintillating to be judgmental and to, to see, to, they set up conflicts and all this stuff. Right. And I'm very intentional about not coming in with judgment, but observation. But I do see that there's such an intense amount of messaging directly or subliminally to, to have values in a certain way which to me seems all out of balance in a way and 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 leads to the kind of disconnection that you were alluding to that you were wondering about as a kid growing up with you know people in their cookie cutter houses with manicured lawns and so close to each other yet so far apart and there's there's just such an intensification of that messaging now with social media and with these shows like this that that I am indulging in recently um which I, I will excuse myself by saying it's an interesting sort of window into this observatory, but, you know, I am choosing to put them on. Um, and this, these things that you are talking about, Chris, are so important now, more than I believe I can say this with some credibility, probably more important now than ever in human history, like, and not just from you, yeah. From anyone who is saying this kind of thing, this is so important to say right now, to, to get out in whatever vehicle you can so that this, this, these words are out there among all the rest of the chorus of other noises. It's so good what you're saying. It's so important. I do agree with you that now we are at the greatest, most important crossroads in the history of humanity. And we need to get this right. And we're not doing it right. Um, we're so far off base. And if our current trajectory is continued, then uh, we're looking at um, a future that very few of us would, uh, would want to live in. Um, and I also want to like circle back around to this time of COVID. And I have had a lot of frustration with humanity because when it first started and, you know, me, I, my focus is, okay, let's look at this in the most honest, most clear, most transparent way that we possibly can. Let's make the most sound decisions that are going to be cooperative so that we have the greatest benefit to the most people. And so um, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the science around it and I'm seeing, okay, so really what's being asked for here, the best way for all of us to make this work is everybody takes a vacation. Um, we, uh, we utilize that time to do some inner work to sit in stillness, we're isolated. So let's use that isolation to our benefit and let's spend that time being, um, being in a lot of stillness, in a lot of, um, in a lot of uh, taking one's own accountability, 
um, reading some inspiring books, doing a lot of meditating, and um, and really evaluating like what are the things that I want to do different in my life? What are the things that I'm wanting to get more of or less of? And recalibrating. And, uh, and then, of course, governments should be supporting humanity to, um, to have that time and that um, the ease of not having to worry about um, where their next meal is coming from or if they're going to have a roof over their heads. You know, we would love each other. Like, how do we love each other through this really difficult time? And then if we did that, then we would be able to um, make really significant big changes in how we want to move forwards. You know, because if we think of if we think of the trajectory of humanity as um, constantly moving in a, in a direction, the next step is pretty predictable because you have momentum. If you try and hold yourself there, then you, the, the momentum sort of carries you forward and there's the next step. We can kind of see it as it's happening. And so it really takes um, some willpower to stop. And if we stop, then any direction is just as good to go in. We have no momentum, so we can make conscious choice. And at a societal level, that's essential. At a personal level, that's essential. And I got really frustrated because I'm like, oh, you fucking idiots. Why are, why are you not doing this? Yeah, golden opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you wasting this golden opportunity to, um, to get into these partisan political arguments and to polarize the country and to be even more excessive in our othering yeah and and yet what i have seen is that um despite all of that people have gone through really big changes during this time of covid yeah um so many relationships have imploded. Um, so many people have made really big life changes in terms of careers. Um, and they've also uh, had an opportunity to take a, take a look at um, how are we treating each other? Um, what really do we want and what don't we want? And so what I'm seeing in myself is I came here to river camp um, and uh, and that was my first step out of a an imposed isolation um, due to the pandemic and um, and so so coming here moving from uh, California to Montana taking up a whole different life way that was a reset and now I'm doing a reset of the reset. And I think that people should um, kind of consciously give themselves that, uh, that opportunity, that possibility, that when they come out of, uh, or if they're already out, that whatever they find might not be what they really want to settle in. Maybe if they're going back to the same job, it feels like it's even more difficult to be in that position than it was before mm. that the things that were wrong before are now in more bold relief and it's 
it seems even harder to deal with those things. Um, and so maybe there's another reset that's necessary. Um, you know, this, this opportunity that's come from COVID uh, is, is still beautiful and still amazing as it echoes out from its origin. And we can still um, give ourselves the opportunity to feel into what is it that is going to be even more authentic, even more whole for who I am and what my journey looks like. Absolutely. And, and even though it wasn't uh, sort of rolled out from a governmental level, you know, such a insightful program, nevertheless, I think more people have had the opportunity to and have had those experiences that you had mentioned were were possible were those golden opportunities then would have had otherwise i think you know there are a bunch of people that may have you know not taken that opportunity but there were plenty that saw it and did and it's it's great maybe you know we still need more um but that's great like you said there's still opportunity every moment is is that opportunity for change, for, for realizing where you're at and, and what choices lay before you and what kind of world you want to live in for yourself and for the future and to just take the next step in that direction? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take the unicorn to the maze of the madman. There you will find your peace. If you take the left-hand path, you will watch out for the grass, cause it will cut your legs in half. Fight the giant on the hill, and you will see the blood will spill. Don't forget to kill the giraffe of hell. So, uh, next moon, I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> yeah, let, but, uh, shall we? Shall we chat again? Let us try to do that. Let's. We're good at that. Um, we can keep our knees bent and take the bumps, and uh, let's aim for that and see what happens. I, I, I love it, man. Really, and let's uh, use this little platform. So right now the stats are uh, like two and a half thousand listens in twenty five countries, and. Um, and I'm going to be setting down season one for a while. Uh, and this is also to for the same things we're just talking about, to sort of create the space, almost like you're doing too, to, to sort of, you know, take a moment and see where I'm at and where I'm developing and, and, and to give the space for new realizations to come in, um, to open that up from having the, the weekly commitment. It's, a, it's no obligation by me. It's just a commitment that I've made to do these on a weekly basis. And soon that's going to open up and uh, I'll continue to do some things. And I'm going to invite you to participate in that. You'll be hearing from me about that. But um, I, I look forward to, to continuing, including your voice here um, to whoever gets to hear it. It's all, it's great, man. I really appreciate having this connection with you and being able to, to share your insights and, and what lessons you're blessed with learning good or bad you know tough or that whatever you said in the beginning the the easy easy gratitude and and difficult gratitude um but 
all of the things you're sharing. It's, it's really good stuff. So I, I look forward to however, in whatever format it is, whenever it comes out, uh, continuing to check in. That's great. I look forward to it, my friend. I always value our time together. Thanks, Chris. Till then. Oh, by the way, um, this, <laughs> the plan here, we didn't talk as much about humor. Maybe it's kind of hard when you try to do it, um, but I love where we went. But what, what I'm going to be doing, uh, so I'm just apologizing in advance now, is uh, in between uh, our conversation, I'll have words from our sponsors here and there, which are just small business advertisement recordings that a friend of mine who's super creative has uh, left on some friends voicemails or messages uh, between us over the years. And uh, one of my friends has collected them and saved them up and recently shared them. I find them hilarious. It makes me laugh. So that will have, this episode has been sponsored by these various hilarious uh, and fictional small businesses. So you're aware. Excellent. Excellent. And by the way, um, do you happen to know why oysters don't like to share their pearls? (laughs) Thank you. I was wondering that today. (laughs) Uh, It's because they're shellfish. That's wonderful. That's good. You know, I thought of, uh, there are so many jokes I I thought of sharing too. Maybe, maybe (laughs) I'll have a call for jokes and uh, we should do a a show just on jokes. I know you've got plenty and I've got a, a back backlog of them too. So we'll do that sometime. I, I thought of it. This is one I made up the other day. I'm, I have a small amount of pride about it that this is from a conversation I was having with a friend of mine that my anxiety was getting so low that it started to worry me. And then I felt better. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> what did the snail say when it was riding on the turtle's back? We. <laughs> Because of its slime. Oh, all right. If we have it's to so slow, the jokes, it's I'm gonna have to think anymore. about it. Yeah, no, I know this is, uh, but it gives another layer for people to laugh at at me. All right. Thank you. I told you about Cole's law, right? There's yeah, never mind. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> Love you, man. Thanks. All right. We're just gonna, we're gonna yeah. move on. <laughs> all right. All Love right. you, Ken, and I wish you a beautiful rest of your day. Likewise, peaceful closing there at uh, River Camp and uh, look forward to connecting on your journey forward. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. All right. Bye for now. Bye now. Open the chest of the wizard. Tame the mighty dragon. Fly through the skies in your golden ship of wonder. 